Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. These last two Sundays, we've been uh, discussing things that pertain to God's Word. Um, And the first couple Sundays back, we heard about how it seemed a little too good to be true that when someone doubted the word that Jesus is the Christ, someone simply said, come and see. And he came and saw, and it was amazing what Jesus could do. And then the next Sunday, we talked about Jonah and the seemingly harsh preaching that he gave to the city of 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 excuse me, of, excuse me, of Nineveh that wouldn't seem to change anybody's mind, but it did because it was the word of God. And now we see more of God's word and we see a different kind of response now because before we were seeing a lot of responses of maybe skepticism and doubt, but then confirmed by what Jesus actually says, and and this is a a great thing, or just immediate turning of, uh, um, of, of the heart when they hear God's word, right? We hear, we see these different responses, and now we see a very different response that probably is something we can expect to see more of in our day and age, that in the Gospel of Mark, in the first chapter here for our text today, we see that Jesus goes into into church, basically. He goes into the synagogue, and he teaches. And everyone is astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And because of this teaching, because of this word being preached... There's mixed response. The one response is that this is amazing. It's wonderful. How awesome is it that this man is preaching these things with authority? We've never heard anything like this before. And then the other response is that a demon-possessed man comes into their midst and taunts Jesus, right? And says, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And so we see this taunting of the unclean spirit when truth comes about, right? And like I said, that might be more of the response we expect. We go, oh, now that makes sense, right? Those last two Sundays, like, those seem seem way too good to be true. Now it makes more sense that we would get the opposition to truth and to the pure teaching of God's word. But it's true. This is something we have to prepare ourselves for, Right? That the doctrine, the teaching of Christ from his word, truly tests the spirits of this world. When I was reading this, I thought of that passage from 1 John, where, where John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because, because many false prophets have gone out it, it, into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit confesses 
Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that spirit is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of 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 the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and, and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood, right? That there are many spirits in this world and many sound really great, right? You may be saying, Pastor, what's the connection here with this demon? He's speaking the truth, is he not? He's coming in the midst of of church and saying, I know who you are, Jesus, the Holy One of God. And we would say, well, isn't he right? Isn't that right? What do we do with this? But the thing is, is that Jesus knows the true nature of the false spirits, right? He knows the true nature that they may have a bit of truth, but what do they say about half-truths and whole lies, right? That even Satan, when he tempted Jesus, quoted Scripture itself, but he quoted it out of order and without context, right? So it's important to know these things. If Jesus would have let that demon keep on speaking, who knows what kind of falsehood he would have tied on to that little kernel of truth, right? He would have gone on and on about different things, not the actual fullness of truth that Jesus Christ came to preach. So Jesus rebukes him and saying and says, be quiet and come out of him. And what else can the unclean spirit do? It has no defense, right? And this is something, again, we go, hey, that looks like a lot of what's going on today, right? That when we speak the truth, there's a lot of convulsing and shrieking and a lot of craziness going on around us because there's nothing that those who oppose God can say to God's word. Now, do we seek that out? Do we say, do we get a good feeling whenever somebody shrieks at us because we're telling them the truth? No, actually, it feels pretty awful, doesn't it? I mean, if anybody was in this scene and they saw what was going on and they saw this man convulsing and crying out before the demon left him, they, I don't think anybody would go, yeah, that's really good. It's like, no, this is crazy. This is weird. This is nuts, right? But that's a possibility, that we have demons in this world, we have those who listen to demons that live even right next door to us probably, and yet we are called to proclaim God's truth in love, right? Now that's not to say that we are to be nice above all else and not to speak the truth when it's going to hurt somebody's feelings, but it is to say, listen, right now, sometimes you do get this feeling in your heart that is the Holy Spirit that is pushing you to say something that you don't really want to say, but you know it needs to be said to somebody. And you need to tell them the hard truth about what they're doing or what they're saying or 
whatever it might be that is keeping them from God's love. And that's not you doing that work. That is the Holy Spirit moving you to do so because you love that person, because you don't want them to live or die in falsehood, right? You don't want to see that for them because you love them. And so you say, even you can couch it in all kinds of terms and say, look, you're going to think I'm judgmental and all sorts of things, but what you're doing just isn't right. That's not what God wants for your life, right? And I'm saying this because I care about you. So you have to take the risk that you're going to get shrieked at. You're going to get called all kinds of names. But for the sake of truth, again, from previous weeks, who knows what God can do with that truth? Who knows what God can do with that word of truth spoken to somebody who needs to hear it, right? Because there is no neutral ground in this world. A lot of times we think, well, as long as I just kind of sit on the fence and kind of see what's going on and kind of play between both sides, you can't do that when it comes to God, right? When it comes to God and Satan, there is no fence sitting, right? It's either one or the other. And as St. Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual powers, right? Against the powers at work behind the sons of this age. We wrestle against spiritual forces. We wrestle with Satan, with his demons. That when we see somebody who is deceived, who believes a lie, and there's a lot of them out there these days, when they, when they believe this lie, the biggest one is probably... I mean, what, turn on the news, right? Pull up in a newspaper. What's the biggest lie you can think of that people are believing? I mean, in my mind, as a Christian, the very fabric of creation is being attacked, right? That man and woman is so confused. The essence of these things are so confused that people are saying, well, there's gender fluidity and all these things like that. And you go... Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You look at that and you can say, no, that's, that's not from God. That's from Satan. And what are we going to do about that? How are we going to speak against that? How are we going to test the spirits? And we can because of God's word. We should look at words and deeds in the light of Scripture, right? Because Scripture is profitable for all sorts of things, as St. Paul tells Timothy uh, in, first, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it's a lot easier to think about because of John 3.16, right? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is breathed out by God and is profitable for doctrine, for, uh, for, excuse me, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in, 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 Righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That we have God's word to show where the dividing line is because there is one. And again, Hebrews chapter 4, um, verse 12 For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and 
and and and excuse me, marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word gets to the bottom of things. Now you may say, well, okay, so that may be other people's problem. They don't know the word of God. What about me? Well, has there ever been a time when you've read the Bible and you've read it, and you don't have to raise your hand, of course, has there ever been a time when you've you've read the Bible and something struck you and you had this little twinge and this little tick where you read it and you said, oh, I don't know about that, right? When you read the Bible and you say, hmm, well, okay, what about, what about this? What about that? What about this? Or to say even, dare I even quote an old enemy of ours, I don't know. Did God really say whatever it is that's bothering you, right? Has there ever been a time when you've read the Bible and said to yourself, I don't know. What about this? Because, I mean, who hasn't had that question, especially when you go through, like, the Ten Commandments, right? You say, honor your father and your mother. Well, what about, (laughs) right? What about this? What about if you're trying to make the kid do this, that, or the other? And you go, well, hang on a second. It says honor, right? What does that really mean, right? It's important to know these things. Um, Also, bear false witness. Like, oh, what about, (laughs) right? Anything we can do to try and find a way to say, well, I'm not quite sure I agree with that, or that makes me uncomfortable, right? If that's happening, that is the sharpness of God's word piercing to your soul and your heart and saying that little bit that you're fighting against, that's probably something you should pay attention to, right? That's probably something you should take mind of and say, wait a minute, why am I trying to make some qualifications as to why this should be skirted, right? Or why this should just kind of be set aside and it's for somebody else and not for me. That is testing the spirits. That is holding fast to God's word and saying, God, I'm going to trust you because I've been given the Holy Spirit in baptism, right? that I'm a baptized child of God, and I say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to trust that even though this word of God makes me uncomfortable, I'm going to hold fast to it. I'm going to live it and breathe it. I'm going to have it be a part of my life because because I just want to see what can come of that. And we know that, as St. Paul says, or St. Peter says in one of his text, he says, humble yourselves under, under, excuse me, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and at the proper time, he will raise you up, right? And it's amazing that he says that. It's in First uh, Peter 5. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you, Um. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him firm in your faith. 
firm in the faith that is given to you freely by the grace of God. Resist him, standing firm on the word of God, knowing that you are a baptized child of God, knowing that you are washed clean of your sins in Jesus Christ, knowing that now that you are made a new creation, he gives you his will, his grace, his power to do what needs to be done as a Christian so that you can continue on testing those spirits, testing what God says, testing what this world says about what God has said in his scriptures. We go forward because God has shown himself in his word. He shows himself as gracious and true and loving and kind. And we have every reason to trust him. We have every reason to go forward with his strength. Though it may make us uncomfortable, God will not steer you wrong. He will guide you into every truth. God is with you. He loves you. He has died for you. Jesus Christ has shed his blood for you. And he will grant you, in the midst of uncomfortableness, in the midst of being not quite sure about how to talk to somebody or even what you think about what God's word says in a particular stance, even in the midst of that, he will grant you that peace that surpasses all understanding. So may this peace that does surpass all understanding guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.